Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of the podcast. Um, the problem of evil is really varied as to how to deal with it because there's so many bad things that happen in the world and so many kinds of bad things that happen in the world. Uh, when we're dealing with the problem of evil, sometimes it's an academic question like in this classroom. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if anybody's dealing with some serious pain and suffering right now, either because of COVID or cancer or some other loss in, in, in your world. And uh, let me just say, before I get started on this topic, if uh, you're dealing with some real suffering, with some real uh, pain right now, and you need somebody to talk to, I, I don't know if I can be of help, but I would be happy to. Uh, if you don't want to talk to me, but you need to know who to talk to, come ask me. I will direct you uh, as best I can. Um, it's dealing with the problem of evil is is real, and it's a thing that needs to be uh, seriously taken on. So the academic question is is one way to go, and that's kind of going to be the part uh, that I'm going to cover today. But before I do, I want to recognize that sometimes when people are dealing with real stuff, they're dealing with real stuff because Maybe a hurricane or a tornado hit and uh, they're dealing with the loss of their home or some other natural disaster that's really kind of given them tragedy. Maybe they're dealing with being a victim of a crime, whether it be a burglary or uh, some other great loss in their life. Um, that's a different kind of evil. That's an evil that can be uh, attributed to the immorality of other people. Um, and so we might have a different response for that within how we deal with this. Um, there's the type of evil that comes with uh, dealing with people who are sick. Uh, my wife's uncle died of cancer recently, and, and you know, um, I think his sister is, my mother-in-law is still kind of coping with that fact. Um, there are just many different ways in which evil makes itself present and for the most part i hope that most of us will not be asked to account for this uh, but if you have it in your mind that you would like an explanation or if somebody ever asks you personally for an explanation you might find yourself wanting to know how do i deal with this and um The quick answer is, I don't know. It will depend on the situation you're in. And the second thing is to know and, and to maybe give you permission to not be the answer man. Um, I know in my own life, since I teach theology, I kind of am the answer man. And I kind of do have to uh, be accountable to some family and some friends when they have real questions. This is, this is part of the gig for me. Uh, but even though that's part of my gig, you know, I'm not somebody who can necessarily answer everything. Um, I'm going to do my best with you guys. I'm going to try to give you the answers I can give you. Um, and if there's a specific example I need to speak to, I would ask you to bring that to my attention because I don't know what I don't know. That said, the thing I need to talk to you about and the thing that I think would be easiest to cover over this podcast format is the academic problem of evil, the logical version. In other words, this is the only, 
the only time in which I would ever, ever, ever consider using this response would be if I was talking to somebody who was not suffering, who was not dealing with evil, who was strictly in the setting we're talking about now, a classroom format, where we're talking about evil in the th theoretical sense. Um, if you are dealing with actual pain, actual suffering in your life right now, uh, please stop this recording now and come talk to me personally because you don't need what I'm about to tell you. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are still listening, uh, the quick and easy answer to the problem of evil is in the syllogism, the logical syllogism that would answer it lies in a, uh, reference to the moral argument. If you remember the moral argument, it was very simple. If God does not exist, objective moral values and duties do not exist. Objective moral values and duties do exist, therefore God exists. Well, that phrase objective moral values, that means that some things really are good and some things really are evil. Okay, so if you're dealing with the problem of evil, and somebody is upset at God because there's something evil going on. Well, buried within that claim is an, is an acknowledgement that things really are evil. And if things really are evil, then objective moral values and duties exist. And therefore, you can't really... Uh, use the problem of evil to claim that God does not exist because buried within that claim is a dependence on God's existence. In other words, if the problem of evil is real, if evil does exist, that means goodness does exist. If goodness does exist, that means God exists. Therefore, the problem of evil, in a roundabout way, in, in a way that I would not want to spell it out this way, uh, evil demonstrates the, the existence of God in this way. Um, logically, it works, but I don't think I'm really going out on a limb here when I admit that this is a very unsatisfying answer uh, for most people. Uh, people are not really reassured by the fact that, oh, logically, it makes sense that God exists because there's evil. Because if there's evil, there's good, and if there's good, there's God. I get it, but not really happy with it. Not only that, but if you ever try showing people that who are dealing with actual pain and actual suffering, hey, I know that you're suffering. I know that you're dealing with a lot of loss in your life, but you can be assured that there is a God because there's evil. Because you're experiencing that evil, now you know there's a God and that God is real. And then they're going to wonder, well, apparently that God doesn't care about me, which is the problem, which is the bigger problem that we have to deal with. But anyway, the logical problem of evil is, as a logical matter, it really isn't a problem in, in and of itself with the moral argument uh, perspective because it, it's easy to refute. And that's part of the reason, I don't know if you noticed, that uh, Christopher Hitchens really didn't use it in that debate um, because even though there was a point in time when in intellectual academic debates they would use it, they really have gotten away from it. Um, as a problem in and of itself. And now you're seeing variations like the Alex O'Connell version where uh, the suffering of animals is a thing. But the presence of evil implies that there is a presence of good and therefore it implies the presence of God. 
So that's the problem of evil, logical approach. Uh, there are definitely other approaches that are more important for us to learn. And um, we're going to spend time on those. But I would actually like to spend time on those uh, with you in person. And so I'm going to cut it off there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll talk to you guys later. Uh, as I'm looking at this, I realized that I just need to record a couple more responses on the podcast. I do apologize. Uh, this is not the way I'd prefer to do it, but this is the way I need to do it. Uh, now that I'm doing the oral exams, that's going to pull me away from so many other ways uh, that I normally would love to present this material. Uh, by now, earlier in this podcast, you've already listened to um, the logical response to the problem of evil. The next response to the problem of evil that I feel the need that I need to cover is if we're playing, you know, evil Plinko, you've got the academic uh, curiosity going on. But if you're dealing with real evil, um, there's a couple other responses that I think we can cover. Um, and I want to, again, because I know that this is a potentially charged topic, make sure that everybody knows that I am speaking only in an academic context. And if by any means uh, you are not in a headspace or an emotional space to be able to cope with this, please, by all means, let me know. Uh, because the way I talk about this is not meant to sound insensitive, but it very easily could be uh, presented that way. Um, and I don't want to be misunderstood here. And I don't want to be taken out of context because, um, yeah, it's, it's the problem of evil is real and it's something to deal with. So anyway, um, when we're also dealing with types of suffering and evil, one of the types of suffering and evil to deal with is natural disasters. And I don't know if this is the most satisfying answer, but um, this is something that works for me. Um, I don't know if it work, would work for me if I was actually experiencing loss. I know that I've had to deal with my basement flooding because my sump pump went out and people express lots of sympathy and, oh, that's going to be a pain in the butt to deal with. I had to get new carpet in the basement. And while everybody understood, while I was really okay, I was quite irritable in the weeks that I had to put up with that. I should have known, this was last January, I should have known that that was a bad sign for the rest of 2020. But anyway, I got through it. I'm okay, my family's okay, my house is okay. Uh, but still, I, I don't know that I would have wanted to hear what I'm about to talk about, which is that when people go through a natural disaster, and, and they might say, well, where is God in all this? Well, the short answer, if you're thinking intellectually is, you know, weather's going to weather. Uh, the earth is going to do what the earth is going to do. So if you're dealing with an earthquake or a thunderstorm or a uh, flood or anything like that, a hurricane, um, while I definitely have sympathy for you, and I definitely think that you should be aided and maybe I would feel some responsibility to aid you. I don't know that I could go to blaming God. Uh, I don't know that I could blame the planet for being evil per se, because the planet's got to do what the planet's got to do. We happen to be very privileged to live on this third rock from the sun that does lots of things. And, and we've watched this video on privileged species 
we've got an atmosphere and we've got the right amounts of oxygen and carbon. We've got a tectonic plates that are constantly refreshing. We've got a moon tidally locked with our ocean. We've got a magnetic force field protecting us from the sun's deadly rays. Well, the earth is constantly in flux and it's got to do things and, and the changes that it's got to go through in order to continue to be a living planet that that is hospitable to life. Well, some of that's not fun for us, but that's what the earth has got to do. And if you really think about it, where on this planet is weather allowed to be weather and the earth allowed to renew and, and do, you know, severe things that it needs to do as part of its uh, cycles that it's not going to interfere with the lives of humans. I mean, all the best spots in the world, we're kind of on them. And really the only place that a hurricane can happen and not really piss us off is out in the middle of the ocean or on Antarctica. Um, but anytime there's a hurricane and it hits uh, North America, it's hitting a population everywhere. Uh, maybe it hits a big city, maybe it hits a smaller village, but it's hit, hitting people somewhere. So there's really no place for hurricanes to go. And by the way, we know that they happen. We know where the hurricane territories are, and yet we still build houses there. Again, I am not blaming the people who live in New Orleans or Florida or anything else. I am just saying that it gets really tough to blame God when we know that this is a thing that might happen, and then we risk it anyway. Okay, so that's natural disasters. The, there is a price to pay for being on a living planet, third rock from the sun. And I don't know that we can blame God. I definitely think that those people deserve our compassion and mercy as much as possible. But I don't know that we get to blame God because earthquakes happen. Earthquakes happening is a good thing for the long-term health of our planet. Okay, next thing, moral evil. This one's a little bit trickier. On one hand, um, when people commit grave injustices to other people, Maybe because they steal, maybe because they rob people or rape people or even murder people. These are horrible, horrible things. But these are not things that God is doing. These are things that other people are doing. Um, and because of that, we need to make sure that we assign blame where it's due. And when people commit evil things, we blame those people. We do not blame God. Um, there is an open question as to why does God allow this to happen? And my short answer would be very simple. It seems as though God has given himself a commandment, which is that I shall not interfere with the free will of human beings ever, never, ever does God interfere and control us against our will. That is a thing that God seems to hold himself to. Um, and I appreciate that. I respect it. And it means that even if somebody is doing some really awful, evil things, God does not mess with their free will. And why does God choose to defer? Uh, maybe that's a question we can address another time. But that's, the, that's where it's at. And so when we're dealing with moral evil, when we're dealing with crime um, that people commit against each other, I, again, there's definitely evil there. and There's definitely blame to be had. 
but it's not really God who should be targeted with that blame. There can be some confusion as to why God would allow this to happen because God does allow it to happen. But the fact that he allows it is not the same thing as God doing it. And the same thing with natural disasters. The fact that God allows natural disasters to happen seems to be in the service of another good, which is to have an earth that is constantly renewing itself and sustaining life for uh, generations to come. So anyway, those are two different two different kinds of moral e two different kinds of evils: moral evil and natural evil um, that we have some responses to. I don't know if they're necessarily uh, everybody's favorite, and they're definitely not my best responses yet, but they are definitely uh, a couple more short answers in a classroom that uh, might be useful for you in a conversation that's not so in-depth or uh, intimate, but maybe just a quick hit answer. Anyway, uh, between those three answers, the logical problem logical approach, the moral evil approach versus natural evil approach. Uh, I think that that is maybe a good stopping point for uh, three different approaches. Take care.